Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Did you know the second coming will be better than heaven? That's why James tells us to put our hope in that rather than in just going to heaven when we die. James 5.7 Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See, the farmer waits for the valuable crop of the land, being patient until he receives the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient. Strengthen your hearts, because the Lord's coming is near. You'd be hard-pressed to find a theme that's emphasized more in the New Testament than the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the constant focus. It's 300 plus times in the New Testament. According to John Walford, one out of every 25 verses in the New Testament is a reference to the second coming. And then there's another 1,850 in the Old Testament. So it's difficult to summarize everything the Bible says about the second coming. But let me just give you a real quick outline sketch. Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a time of terrible trouble and persecution on the earth, and many will be deceived and will fall away, but the gospel will be, pro- will be proclaimed to all the nations, and the Jews will embrace Christ as their Messiah and say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the trumpets, ram's horns, shofars will sound, and Jesus will appear in the sky with power and great glory. At that moment, the dead in Christ will rise first in the resurrection of the righteous, followed by the believers who are still alive will be raptured and transformed. We'll all be given glorified bodies and we'll all be caught up into the air by angels to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And at that moment, we will see him as he is. We'll see him in his full glory and seeing him that way will transform us to become like him. And the entire human race Every human being who has ever lived from Adam until the very end, every single one, will see him and be stunned by his glory. Every knee will buckle. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. He is Lord to the glory and praise of God the Father. And not only will we all marvel at him, but Scripture says, those of us who are believers, not only will we marvel, but he'll be glorified in us we're going to be God the Father is going to turn us if you can imagine he's going to turn us into such a glorious entourage that our being there will increase Christ's glory as part of the fantastic display and at that time Jesus will overthrow the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth just easy This is all going to happen suddenly. It's going to happen on a day we do not expect. Alistair Begg said, people will be having weddings that day. People will be going to the doctor. People will be planning a visit for a root canal that day. People will be dropping their children off at school on on that day, the way they did on the previous day, and in the way they expect to do the following day. But there will be no following day. There will be no following day. This will be the last day in the world. At that point, Jesus is going to destroy the current world with fire and the heavens too, just destroy them and then create a new heavens and a new earth. And then the curse will be gone forever. No more curse. Jesus referred to that day as, uh, quote, the renewal of all things, end quote. 
Then Jesus will sit down on his great throne and judge every human being who has ever existed. And those who are ready for his coming will be blessed with eternal rewards. Those who are not ready will be sent to eternal punishment. And on that day, all wrongs and all injustices will be made right. Everyone who has ever received an injustice will be given justice. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're waiting for. And, and here's what you need to understand. That day is going to be better than heaven. Better than heaven. Sometimes Christians can fall into the mode of just looking, looking forward to heaven, just looking forward to the day when I die and go to heaven. They think, you know, when I die, uh, all my suffering will be over, uh, every tear will be wiped away, no more disease, no more suffering, no more trouble, no more injustice, no more pain, no death, and, and I'll be in paradise in the presence of Christ, uh, and, and, and that's going to be great. And so why wouldn't I look forward to that as my hope? To just die and go to heaven. Why not look to the day when I die and go to heaven as my hope? It would, it would, it would be fine. The answer is this. It would be fine for you to do that if you were the only human being. If you were the only person in the world and your comfort were the only thing that mattered. But the reality is when I die and go to heaven, all my suffering will be over, but yours will still exist. You'll still be suffering. There will be people in this congregation who are weeping over terrible heartbreaks who will still be weeping when I die and go to heaven. Women still being beaten by their husbands. Children still being abused by their parents. ISIS still beheading Christians. And worst of all, the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ being dishonored by millions of people every day. When you die, will your suffering be over? Yes, but that's not going to be enough. Will you be full of joy at that time? More, than, more joy than you've ever had in, in your whole existence? Yes, but that's not going to be enough either. It's going to be a lot of joy, but it's not the greatest joy. The greatest joy will come when the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified. The kind of joy that you were designed for will require every creature in the universe to enthusiastically shout his praises. When you get to heaven and you're in paradise with Christ, that's going to be the happiest you've ever been and yet you're still going to long for more. You're going to long for more. You're not going to be unhappy, but you're going to long for history to come to fruition. You're, you're going to want all wrongs to be made right, even in heaven where there's no sadness, no sorrow, no pain or suffering. Still, we're going to be longing for something greater. In Revelation 6, when the fifth seal is open, John shows us the souls who are in heaven. And they're up there in paradise. They've died and gone to heaven. And here's what they're saying. Revelation 6.10, they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? How long? Verse 11, and they were told, Wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed uh, has been completed. God isn't going to be satisfied with you just being pain-free in paradise with Christ. That's not enough joy. He, he wants you to have a far greater joy even than that. He wants you to have the joy of seeing his son fully glorified and honored by all. He wants you to have the joy of knowing that all wrongs have been punished and all injustices have been made right. 
and, and, and the, the, the joy of your suffering uh, being over, that's, that's, that's one thing, but the, the joy of knowing that everyone's suffering is over forever, that's going to be a far greater joy. And greater still will be the joy of seeing the unveiling of the full glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father is going to put on a display unlike anything you could possibly imagine. You take the best magic show you've ever seen, the most spectacular performance you've ever seen, the most breathtaking cinematography, laser show, the most mind-blowing concert, fireworks show, the most thrilling adrenaline rush you've ever experienced in your life. You put all that together and won't even begin to approach the amazement that you will feel at the outer fringe of the display of what the God the Father is going to do to glorify His Son. Some people wonder if they're going to get bored in heaven. You probably would eventually if all heaven were were just the absence of suffering. Infinite, unending, ever-increasing joy. In order for that to happen, in order for you not to get bored, what that's going to require is something much more profound than just non-suffering and physical pleasure. More profound than painlessness, more profound than personal pleasure, deeper than any joy any of us have ever known it's going to require a joy so deep and so profound that, that even when you're in paradise with Christ, you're going to be looking forward to it. Especially since not only will we see the Son glorified, but as I said before, we're, we ourselves are going to share in that glory. Staggering thought. Romans 8, 17, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Our present sufferings, verse 18, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You expect him to say glory revealed in him, glory revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, that's us. For the creation was subjected to frustration and hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. That's not talking about when you die to go to heaven. That's talking about the resurrection. At the second coming, the day when you get your rewards. It'll be a day of rewards. And the stronger your faith, the more the promise of rewards will excite you and motivate you. 2 Timothy 4.8, now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. That's what we long for, his appearing. You know, we usually think about the second coming from the perspective of, of being on earth at the time. Like we think, I'll still be alive when he comes and then I'll look up and I'll, I'll be raptured and all that, uh, which is a great way to think about it. But how about this? What if we think about it from the other angle? From What if you die first? Just imagine this. Suppose, suppose you died and you go to heaven, you're in paradise and you've been there, say, a couple hundred years. Um, and one day you're, you're in that room that Jesus spent all, those, all that time preparing for you since the creation of the world. 
and you're enjoying your room, and, and, and you hear this commotion outside, it's just this big commotion. So you go outside to see what's, you just to check it out, and people are rushing around everywhere, like ants on an anthill. Everyone's rushing around, and there's more angels out at, than you've ever seen out at one time before, just everywhere. And, and then and there's these gigantic, huge beings that you've never even seen in 200 years. You've never even seen them. They're so massive and so glorious that they, they take your breath away, which is saying something because you've been there in heaven for 200 years. And, and, and yet, it's no big surprise because, because there's always something new up there. Every day there's something new. And, and, but these things, they're just awesome. They're just awesome. And, and they have these massive ram's horns. And you can tell they're just created to blow these things. These gigantic heaving lungs. And as soon as you see those, those shofars, you know exactly what's going on. You're just like, this is the day. The, the father gave the word. Son, go. It's time. Today's the day. And the king, he's in the palace. He's getting dressed. The preparation, this, the prepar- it's a lot like a, the wedding preparations. But it's far more elaborate and spectacular than all the weddings that have ever happened all combined. The preparations are so extensive. You see them going on, and you, get, you find yourself just boiling with excitement. You can't wait. You feel like singing, but you want to you save your voice for the, for, the, for the big event. And then it happens. Those ram's horns sound, and their bl- that blast instantly just sends chills all through your whole being. And, and you hear it, and you're excited. But, but, but you're hearing them above you. And you, you, you suddenly find yourself, you're in your grave, alive and well, but with a new glorified physical body. You're, you, you, you have flesh and, and bone again. And, and it's your body, it's your same body you used to have 200 years ago, and yet, yet different, so different. You can, you can feel it, it's, it's, it's not corruptible. It's never, you're, you can tell, this, it's not ever going to wear out or become healthy, unhealthy or injured in any way. And you just have this amazing strength and, and energy. And you feel so good. And now you're rocketing upwards with millions of others, millions of others just going up. And you're, you realize, this is it. This is, this is the resurrection of the righteous. It's happening. And you look down below and you can see all the others, the ones who were still alive at the time. Now they're coming up. And they're all being transformed. And they've got glorified bodies, and in a moment, everyone meets together in the air, all the believers who have ever lived. And you look at the millions, and it, it actually looks like a, a small group compared to the, the countless billions, the ocean of angels that are surrounding, that are coming before him in his entourage, just incalculable Billions, an ocean, and then they, they go by and you realize, oh, that was just the first wave. And then thousands more waves come after them and it's just incredible and it's overwhelming. And, 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 and you look and, and there he is. And, and you gasp for breath and instantly tears well up in your eyes. You thought you loved him before. You thought you knew what it was like to be staggered by his glory before. But this, words can't begin to express what you're feeling.
You're, you're thinking in your mind, it feels like I've never experienced joy before. Because this is something so far beyond anything I've ever known, even in heaven. It's going to be better than heaven. And then, as one by one, all the people start to catch their breath. I mean, it was dead silence there for a second, but now they're catching their breath, and now the shouts and the praises begin. And, 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 and nowhere, anywhere in all of creation is anyone dishonoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 5.13, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Everybody. Every creature. And you just can't believe how good it feels to see him honored like this. And the excitement of all the shouting gives you a surge of adrenaline unlike anything you've ever experienced. Next comes the judgment. All wrongs are made right. Then come the rewards. You're sitting there. The the Father comes and just astonishes you with kindness and generosity. He's giving you these gifts. I mean, it's like a birthday. But, but, but I mean, you see his generosity and you're almost... You feel bad accepting these incredible gifts, but, but you can see how happy... It's making him to give them and so you receive them and, and how much is glorifying Christ and, and, and they're, they're amazing. You look at these things and you never dreamed of stuff like this and it's not the kind of stuff you just like hang on your wall. I mean, this, these are things that are perfect for you. You're so excited to take them back into your room and, and get started on them and, and, you're, and you're thinking it almost feels like, like eternity's not gonna be long enough for me to really fully enjoy this thing and, 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 and you, you're eager to go but but, but not now, not now, because, because you can't stop watching the happiness of one saint after another receiving their gifts, their rewards, and they're so happy. You've never been around such laughter and joy, and you think, oh, I hope it never ends, and it never will. If you're a believer, that's what you have in your future. So tell me again about this big problem you have that you think has to be taken care of right now. What is this situation you can't be, or this person you can't be patient with? What's this crisis or this loss that's so heartbreaking that you've lost your hope? That thing, painful as it is, isn't even worth comparing with what's coming. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we... Praise your name for your great and precious promises. Forgive us, Lord, for becoming enamored with stuff that's going to burn. Temporary stuff. Lord, let us live like people who really believe this. Oh, I thank you that none of our hopes are dashed, just postponed. And that we can trust in you to do your work like the farmer who sees those rains and he's thrilled about the rains because he knows what they're accomplishing. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app 
from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.